This is the So You Are Former Athlete podcast, a podcast dedicated to exploring the effects that losing your athlete identity has on adult life. From community to routine integration to finding new passions, we've got you covered. Hello, and welcome to episode four of So You Are Former Athlete and podcast. This is Alyssa, or Herb speaking, and I am here with Liz. Today's episode, we are going to focus on creating goals post-sports container without trophies, without having tournaments, and without pursuing scholarships. So many former athlete clients that I work with come to me feeling unsatisfied or feeling stuck by you know year three of working full-time. I often see that many of these individuals, once we start to dig in, don't even know what they actually want from life. Uh, or the goals that they are pursuing are a little bit superficial, like I want to get a raise, or I want to lose 20 pounds, or I want to have a nice sports bar, or have a house. And really, it's fueled by a scarcity part of the brain. It's not tied to anything bigger. I figured today we could talk about what kind of causes this shift for former athletes, a community who was once goal-oriented and driven. And we can look at what you can do post-sports to kind of reconnect to your goals reconnect that fire, that fuel, that consistency, even when maybe you're not motivated. So the first thing I wanted to talk about was what it even looks like to have goals as an athlete. And honestly, <laughs> athletes have their goals literally handed to them. We had both short-term and long-term goals handed to us. You know, play well, you get to keep your spot. When you move up in the league, you had the internal goals of I want to be disciplined. I want to get strong. I want to be a team player. I want to have a positive outlook. I want to be recognized by my coach and by my team. And you also had those big overarching goals, big goals like win this tournament so my team can move up in the league or even go to another division. Even bigger goals like I want to get a scholarship so I can go play D1 or D2 and not and be able to afford it and not have take out loans. And then those really big goals of post post college or post whatever, I want to play pro or semi-pro. I want to go to the Olympics. We have these things that we are striving for. And to top that off, we are also provided the environment to keep us honest, <laughs> to keep us consistent, to help keep us focused, whether that was having teammates you know, sometimes I really didn't want to go to practice, but I was driving through other people. Or maybe my teammate just pulled up on me and was like, get in the car. Like, you're, we're going. You don't have a choice. You get in the car, you go, you have maybe a great practice. You also have that structure. So three times a week, you know exactly where you're going to be for the exact reasons. So even when you're not tied to your goal or you're not excited for this big picture, you have that structure and that community to lean on. And then lastly, you have a coach who can help redirect you. You have someone that's an outs has an outside professional point of view to shift th the things that you're doing to keep you on track, to keep you motivated, to make sure that you are heading towards success. And you kind of lose all of those things when you leave your athletic container. Uh, Liz, did you have anything you wanted to add with that? So what comes up for me... <laughs> When I was in high school, I had written out all of the times I wanted to hit in my in swimming, in my 50 free, in my 100 free, and I had them taped to my ceiling. And mm -hmm. every morning when I woke up, I looked at those times. Every night when I went to bed, I looked at those times. And 
those were the goals I wanted to hit. If they were state qualifying times or whatever they were. And you're right. When you are an athlete, those goals are literally handed to us. They are black and white. You hit this time, you achieve this. And that that coach too is constantly asking you or pushing you, where are you leveling up? Where are you pushing that edge? Where are you mm-hmm. going? Or do you want to stay the same? And I think it's that accountability from an external source in addition to wanting to feel accepted among your teammates, working towards a greater collective with your teammates, as far as, like you said, leveling up to a new division, going to NCAAs, whatever it looks like. And like I said, it just feels like there's more black and white standard of goals or outcome that you're searching for uh, in athletics because they're already there. You you know what you're working towards, so to speak. Yeah, definitely. And to piggyback off of what you said a bit too, you're also given a set of very clear values that can be ingrained that you pursue, pursue too. Right. So teamwork, competition, overcoming failure, being challenged, being a beginner, trying something new, perfecting your craft, whether, you know, showing up for other people, maybe even you're pursuing that big scholarship so that you don't take out a loan so that you can give back to your family. So like there's, there's these bigger picture, these deep inherent desires and needs that also get tied into all of those black and white things too. And those are kind of black and white as well, because that's what sports really does is offers you the container to pursue going after those values, those passions, those like inner, that inner desire. Right. So what happens after sports? You know, how can you be goal oriented without a trophy? And what really does it look like for the typical former athlete post sport container? And I'm going to paint a picture and I'm just going to call this person someone I, who, what's the name I, of someone I don't know? Let's say Frederick. like Frederick. <laughs> I don't know Frederick. <laughs> so that's a good one. <laughs> So let's say Frederick is my client. And this is a pretty typical former athlete client that I see. Um, Frederick comes to me. He's like, Alyssa, I effing hate exercise. It's boring. I'm inconsistent. I feel like I'm exercising with no purpose. I don't give a shit about what I'm doing, honestly. Excelling in my job isn't that hard. I'm in a management position, or maybe I'm a salesman, or I'm a, maybe I'm a leader, or maybe I'm a high-risk high stakes environment, like healthcare education. Let's say Frederick is a salesman, <laughs> Frederick, the salesman, and he hits his quota. He gets his raise. He's just going through the motions. He does all the things and he's bored and he's not satisfied. His hobbies don't challenge him. He's can't stick with a hobby. Even he doesn't even know what he wants. He jumps from hobby to hobby, right? Maybe he does online yoga classes or fitness classes. He goes to do Pilates. He hires a personal trainer. He does the 12 weeks with an app and it just doesn't matter. It doesn't fuel anything in him. He's doing it because he knows he should be healthy, but it doesn't light him up anymore. And what ends up happening over and over and over again with these former athletes and myself too for a long time is that we start looking for that same fulfillment that we had from sports back in the day, but we're not creating the environment to have it. We're not creating the consistency to have it. And we don't have the goals that drive us. And so we're just kind of going through the emotions. You know, 90% of the time, you're alone with your own thoughts. And if your thoughts aren't directed towards an a, a inner fiery objective, they're not going to be so nice. <laughs> we end up being really hard on ourselves. We get frustrated. Oh, I used to be so motivated or 
I used to really care about the things that I did. I used to love exercise. What happened? And then we start to avoid because again, like we talked about last episode, we don't like to be beginners. And so we start avoiding those containers. Maybe we fill our schedule up with a bunch of random things or we feel like our schedule is really busy. We add extra work shifts. Maybe you start doing things for other people all the time, but never really pursuing something for yourself. We talked on multiple occasions about kind of just becoming a new role. So instead of an athlete, you become the next role, whether it's employee or partner or mom or dad or whatever. I also know many former athletes are procrastinators, but that doesn't work so well when there's no due date and there's no competition. I like to think about like the off season. I, I'm going to be honest. I never stuck to my off season workout routine. There was not one week where I did all of that yeah. stuff, but you bet your bottom dollar that by the time I was back, season was around, I was in shape, right? Those last few weeks, you're like, oh shit. Like, and you start doing it. But in life, there's no goal. Life just keeps on moving on. And so you procrastinate forever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it really is. I want to acknowledge that this is super frustrating. It's super frustrating to have a desire to do more and be more and not know what it is that you want to be or do. And you know you want to achieve. You know you want to pursue or move forward. But one, you feel like there's comparison to your old self and you're like, oh, I can't do it. I used to be able to do this. I can't anymore. Or you really just don't know what to do because you've never had to know because when you chose sport, when you chose athleticism, all of that was handed to you on a silver platter. Right. Do you want to speak to any of that? Yeah, there's, I think there's something to be said about losing that team, losing the support of your peers, losing that drive of, yeah, we're all jumping in a cold pool at 6 a.m. together. Yeah, this sucks, <laughs> but at least we're all doing it and my friends are doing it and I don't have to do it alone. So there's that team community aspect that once it's gone, it's really hard to stay motivated and consistent. I know that it is incredibly challenging for me to wake up at 5 or 6 a.m. right now yeah. to get myself into a workout or to go for a run or even to get myself to work. There's just that like, there's not that collective that collective working towards mm-hmm. bottom line. Also, I think that support of external accountability, having a coach, having a mentor, again, having your peers that all motivate you and push you and have the expectation of you to be there, you lose all of that after sports. And I know for myself personally, coming off of my swimming career, I knew that my career in life, my job, my nursing job, that's kind of what I started to create goals in. But it wasn't Mm -hmm. the same fulfillment that athletics, athletic goals working towards something in that way that fulfilled me was yes, nursing poured into my cup, so to speak a little bit. I really enjoyed taking care of others and supporting others and and working towards becoming the best ICU nurse. But again, those goals, once you kind of achieve them, one, they don't give you that like impact that I think you pushing your body physically kind of gives you. Mm -hmm. Also, you kind of hit those milestones pretty quickly. So I hit, I came out of college, I started working, I hit some of those goals. And then again, I was at a loss and like, where am I going from here? There was no times taped above me when I woke up on my (laughs) ceiling. I didn't even know really how to create goals because I lost so much structure coming out of a sport. So I just wanted to really address that, that 
it was really frustrating. It is still really frustrating where I know I can be goal oriented. I know when I have something to work towards, I put my head down and keep working. But how do I even create that? And how do I stay consistent and motivate myself when I don't have my teammates by my side? Yeah, we will definitely discuss that here in a second. It kind of even <laughs> brings me to the next the next point here of like, what's really going on? Why are we, why are former athletes struggling to have goals and have fulfillment in the things that they do succeed in? And it isn't for a lack of desire. It's a lack of clear direction. And the underlying thing, the number one thing is that your goals are not connected to your values. Maybe you don't even know your values because you don't get a participation trophy for going to the gym as an adult. Mm -hmm. You know, there's no trophy that you get if you go to the gym for two weeks. (laughs) (laughs) I wish there was. I wish there was. I freaking wish. And so really, what does this even look like? To speak to something just for one second and not really diving in, but your body changes post-sports. The way you think changes. The things you care about change post-sports. And that can be really hard and it can be really difficult to create internal intrinsic values and intrinsic goals when you don't like your external or it's different and you want to change it back to how it was. So oftentimes we create these external goals that are tied to superficial values. Like I want to be in shape like I was when I was younger, or I want to make a hundred K in my job rather than doing that because those goals don't bring you fulfillment, create goals that stir emotion and tie you to what you get when you achieve, when you achieve those external goals. Because great, go get your money, like go get fit, like snatch whatever you want to snatch, do it, but do it for the right reasons. Like I want to increase my muscle tone so I can climb mountains with my grandchildren when I'm older, or I want to foster a competitive spirit in a healthy way. And so I joined a gym that offers fitness classes where I can support the other people around me and myself, or I signed up for an Ironman, Ironman. I recreated that big goal that is going to provide me the structure to pursue and to have fulfillment just like athletics did. Or I want to make 30K more a year so I can donate 2% more of my salary to the nonprofit of my choice. And when I take time off to vacation, I'm not stressed and I can really truly enjoy the time with my partner. Those are goals that still you're doing the same thing. Maybe you're getting in shape not to try and look like yourself when you're younger. That's a whole other thing. But you're you're honoring your physical body and you're pursuing an increase in salary, but not so you can have these external things. It's for those reasons that truly matter. And these are those big goals, right? So to kind of tie it into sports, these are the big goals that equate to scholarships, these big goals of having moving up in a division or going pro, so on and so forth. These big overarching goals of climbing mountains when I'm 80 or being competitive when I'm 65 and enjoying it or giving back to a community and spending time with my family and my loved ones. Those are those big goals. And so once you have those big goals, you can start funneling down. And I, I put a note here to say that, and this is, has to be said, that this is where most people give up because this is when action actually has to take place. I'm sure every single one of us has these deep desires that if you took the time to explore them, you would know them. 90% of people don't act on it. This is where that athlete mentality can kind of kick in for the better. Uh, When messy action kicks back in, when consistency and dedication 
when you start funneling down, you get to focus on the process and not the event. And this is to kind of a terminology I heard in a book recently of so many of us focus on the event and think about sports, like thousands and thousands and thousands or even millions of people watch the World Cup or watch your even swim meet or whatever it is. But no one sees the 6 a.m. practices. No one sees you doing that extra run. We get so focused on the event that sometimes we forget about the process, even post-athletics. So what can you do? Something specific. And if you want to write this down or come back and listen to this again, uh, I'm just going to go over something called a SMART goal. And if you're in healthcare like me and Liz, <laughs> you know this one. A uh, SMART goal is it stands for specific, measurable, achievable, relevant, and time-oriented, I believe. Right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. All the top. All the top <laughs> to my brain. <laughs> so... Let's look at one of those big goals I said, right? So I want to increase muscle tone so I can climb mountains with my grandchildren. Great big goal to funnel it down. What's the specific goal? For the next three months, I am going to go to the gym five days a week, alternating between muscle focus. That is not the right word, but you know, alternating the exercises that I'm doing for 30 minutes each of those days so that I can increase my muscle mass and increase my bone density. So 60 years from now or 30 years from now, whatever your age, 50 years from now, I can climb a mountain. That's a specific goal. I'm almost done here. <laughs> Meet in the middle. And this, is, this one is underrated. And what I mean by <laughs> meeting in the middle is don't be, don't, you know, stifle yourself with toxic positivity. We, Liz and I are not, going to fill you with a bunch of bullshit positivity, mm-hmm. but we're also not going to let you talk negatively to yourself and you shouldn't do it either. What does it look like to be 100% honest right in the middle of where you're not sugarcoating you and like telling yourself that you're really great at something that maybe you're not, but you're also not telling yourself that you're a failure piece of shit. Like what's the middle ground there? Where can you find that happy balance and exist there as you pursue these goals? And in case no one has told you, you are not a competitive athlete anymore. I realize that might sound harsh, but you're not going to pursue your goals the same way you did when you were an athlete because your life doesn't revolve around that sort of thing anymore. So, you know, recognizing that and being able to accept that to create that new identity and with that new goals that truly bring you passion. Yeah. And so, yeah, go ahead, Liz. Sorry, I just wanted to say that I think when you're in a, when you're an athlete and you're in a sport, there's so much external recognition and validation around goals. Who are you doing it for? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like in a sport like swimming, it's pretty individual. You're beating your own times, but you're still getting points for your team. You're still trying to elevate all the overall, your relays are really important when you compete with all four of your teammates. Who are you doing it for? A lot of the time you're doing it for yourself, but you're also doing it for your team. And then after your college career, your high school career ends as far as sports, now you're doing it for yourself. And there can be this shift that is hard to sit in celebration when you're doing things just for yourself. And I know that I've experienced that. My clients have experienced that where when you're in a sport, when you're in your athletics and you beat your time or you your relay does really well, you're celebrating with the team and everybody's mm-hmm. hyping you up mm-hmm. and you have this cheer squad for you. That goes away once you finish your athletic career. And 
maybe you do lift five pounds heavier at the gym, or you do get the five workouts in that you said you were going to do. It's so easy to continue to look down the pipeline, I think, instead of sitting in celebration that I actually did what I said I was going to do. And after athletics, I think that's something that's extremely challenging. And how can we shift and embrace and meet ourselves where we're at? and sit in these small wins week to week, day to day, whatever it is, so that you elicit more of that internal recognition, internal validation that you were getting externally in your sport career. I think also giving yourself grace is so important here. Yeah, you're right. I am not a competitive athlete anymore. And that is okay. That doesn't mean that I can't be competitive anymore. That doesn't mean I'm not an athlete anymore. It doesn't mean I can't do things that really get me fired up and get me into that zone, but it's important to meet myself, meet myself where I'm at. And if I do fall off, if I do don't get a workout in, or I miss the the shift or I don't make the money that I wanted to, I can get back on the, on the horse anytime. So not maybe keeping myself in these hard and fast standards or expectations that I think being goal oriented in a sport can often carry over and have some negative effect so to speak, on our internal thinking patterns, how we show up, consistency, motivation, all of those things. Yeah, I love that. I love that I'm not a competitive athlete anymore. I think I'm a way cooler person. Maybe it's just me, me, but... (laughs) (laughs) I was on another level when I was a competitive athlete. I was kind of an asshole, if I'm being honest. I was a little bit of an type A. Right. Yeah, I'm still type A. (laughs) Type A with a little Uh, bit of sugar, maybe. (laughs) I wanted to ask you, you know, you talked about creating those small wins along the process, along the way and being able to celebrate and having that structure. Would you be open to kind of talking about what that looks like for you or maybe one of your clients to just kind of give an example for the audience of what it can look like to actually create that structure for yourself? Sure. So Something I do in my own private practice as a nurse coach is with my clients, I meet with them week to week and we really talk about, I I constantly ask, I'm asking them, let's reflect back on the last week. What are some things you're proud of yourself for? What are some wins you want to celebrate? And oftentimes Mm -hmm. when we first start working together, it is really challenging for clients to answer that question because they're not used to celebrating themselves for the small wins. I know for myself, it can be hard that if I'm meal prepping, it can be hard to celebrate that, hey, I just I just cooked five nutritious meals for myself so that I feel my body the right way, get enough protein, prevent injury and fatigue, build muscle, all of that stuff. I think it's hard to sit there and celebrate just cooking a bunch of chicken or a vegetable or those things. And I have learned now throughout time that that is a win. That is really big for me to prepare for success down the line. Or I think a big win for me is understanding when to slow down. I'm somebody that can work out seven days a week and feel like I have to keep pushing. And over the last year or so, I've really developed this new respect for rest. And if I'm able to listen to my body and say, wait, maybe I shouldn't run today. Maybe I shouldn't Mm -hmm. go and lift and do leg day because I'm still sore. Let me go for a walk instead or go for a long stretch. That's a small win that I celebrate because 
for years, I would have a self-sabotage mindset of I'm not working hard enough. I didn't get in that seventh day where now I'm celebrating. I listened to my body. I'm able to slow down. I rested and my my muscles recovered instead of pushing them to the limit. So those are some small wins for myself that I celebrate as far as meal prepping, taking a rest day. For me, it's if I get my journaling and enough water in, small little things that over time I'm working towards creating more inner peace or fueling my body better in a healthier way so I feel better, less sluggish, things like that. Clients, something that sticks out as far as recently, I had a client who wanted to start a three-month lifting program. She was a competitive swimmer for years. And I told her she had not been in the gym for a couple of months. And I said, how about we set a goal of really just getting to the gym, not picking up a weight, Mm -hmm. not doing anything super intense, but you haven't even gotten to the gym in months. That's the small little goal we're going to work towards. Actually driving your car to the gym, walking in, maybe either getting in the stretch or walking on the treadmill. And she found it really hard. And she's like, I feel like I need to lift. Like, I feel like I need to do all these things. And I said, (laughs) is that going to benefit you? Because you've been out of it for so long. That's going to maybe do more harm than good. And it was really hard to set that small goal for herself. And she ended up accomplishing it. She didn't pick up the weight. She didn't push herself to this overtraining or overdoing it, overextending her she was able to really sit with that small win of I showed up for myself. I did what I said, what I was going to do. And now I'm ready to take it to the next level. So those are just some examples personally and professionally that I've experienced. Yeah. Those are wonderful examples of the small goals for the bigger goal and also focusing on the process in the name of the event, but not just hyper focusing on the event. Thank you so much for sharing those. To kind of conclude here, you know, It can be really difficult to set goals as a former athlete without the pre-existing framework and competition that we always knew and loved that existed in our sport. Start small. Start by defining your values. Start by asking yourself, what is my scholarship pro-level goal now as an adult? And work your way down to make small milestones you can achieve, kind of like what Liz was saying. This takes time. It takes a willingness to be a beginner. And it takes an acceptance that your athletic career is no longer the driver of your goals. And that's a good thing. Mm -hmm. I know that Liz is starting a group space for people that are kind of wanting to work on creating goals and moving forward in their life as an individual and not as an athlete or even just as whatever they identify as. Liz, do you want to speak a little bit more on that? Yeah. So I'm super excited. Uh, January 11th, I am starting a group coaching container called Align 360. And this is for the person who feels scattered, stuck. They know they want to take care of their physical health, their mental health, also their spiritual health, but don't know necessarily where to start. Maybe they feel out of alignment and want to create more balance in taking care of these three areas. Maybe you don't know how to create goals and are looking for some support and accountability and leveling up in each areas of this of, of your life. So 
at the end of these three months, we're looking to feel more connected and aligned to yourself physically, mentally, and spiritually. You're going to find clarity in what your mind, body, and soul goals can look like. You'll also have more confidence in taking care of your whole self. I think goals often give us confidence once we achieve them to keep moving and to keep doing those things. Mm -hmm. So this group is an opportunity for you to yeah, gain clarity, curate some hard, fast goals for yourself and taking care of all three of those areas of your life. And it will provide the support and accountability of peers, as well as myself as a coach to really help you stay on track and, and level up your health and well-being. Yeah, I love that. So how can our listeners get in contact with you or find out more about this group if they're interested? Yes. So signups are open and they're open until January 10th. Feel free below. I'm going to drop my Instagram as well as my website link. You can sign up for an intro session so we can really talk about if this is a right fit for you. And then we can go forward. This is going to be three month long container. We're going to meet weekly and it's going to be high support as far as you can contact me outside of the group coaching container. But if you're looking for more info, follow me on Instagram, send me a DM or reach out via my website contact info and we can get started. Awesome. Well, if you like this episode, please don't forget to like our podcast on Spotify or Apple Music. We have the links below to follow us on Instagram, on to join the former athlete forum on Facebook. And we are just so thankful for all of you. Uh, we will see you back here in our next episode. See ya. Bye. Bye. Did we just crush two in a row? <laughs>